All right, welcome to this special edition of the Crown Council's Mentor of the Month. Uh, I'm Stuart Anderson with Steve Anderson and Greg Anderson. It's just the three of us today. And we're gonna be talking about the purpose, the mission, the history, all the things that are the beginnings of Crown Council to kind of understand where this all started. Um, we thought it would be a fun story to share as well as maybe uh, motivational and inspirational for, for people who aren't part of the group to hear uh, the purpose of this group and why it exists. So uh, welcome to the welcome to the party. It's like we're just having another conference call, I guess. True. It's like we do every week. <laughs> um, why don't we start, Steve, um, with you? You can you can maybe start off telling us how the Crown Council community started and, and the vision behind the whole beginnings uh, of, of how, how it came to be. Good deal. Thanks, Stu. Uh, we uh, got drawn into dentistry years ago. And uh, when I say drawn into dentistry, um, I'm not a dentist. Uh, Greg's not a dentist. Stu, you're not a dentist. Uh, our late business partner, Walter Haley, was not a dentist. And uh, we were working with businesses all over the country uh, and advising them and in kind of a consultative training role. And we had some dentists that stumbled across what we were doing and took a fascination with it and uh, came to some of our courses, started applying what we had taught and they applied it in their practice and they came back and showed us the results of what they had produced with, with what we had shared with them. And it got our attention and uh, they started sharing those results with other friends. And so uh, more dentists started showing up to, to our courses. Um, back in the day, we called those boot camp. And uh, pretty soon we started getting so many dentists that we said, you know what, we better provide a different, you know, a separate room for these guys. And so that was the launch years ago of a program we called Dental Boot Camp. And uh, it was, designed as what we consider to be basic training for patient service and case acceptance. And uh, we did that, Walter Haley and I taught that and worked with dental practices for, uh, well, good 15 years together. And uh, along the way, uh, in, in the early days of that, one of the most frequent requests that we got from dentists is they said, you know, we, we've seen a whole different view and vision for our practice based on what we've learned. And we're going to continue on. That's going to be part of our DNA for our practice moving forward. And we want to be connected ongoing with other dentists who have adopted the same philosophy that we have learned from, from all of you. We wanna stay connected and help each other grow our practices collectively. And, and so we sat down and started looking at what that might consist of, what it might, what it might look like, and came up with the idea of what we today call the Crown Council and we went out to all of our seminar alumni and uh, basically said, this is what you told us that you're looking for uh, based on your ongoing vision and journey. And so here's the community, um, here's what we're committed to providing ongoing, which is a place where you can come exchange ideas with other people who are philosophically aligned uh, with creating an ongoing culture of success in their practice. And we will provide all kinds of resources to help you on that journey. Uh, so that, that simple idea that came from dentists, uh, the initial response, we actually sent a letter. We just sent a letter out and said, you told us this, here's what we've done in response and here's a date, here's a location, uh, and we'll be here if you want. We had no idea what the response would be. And the responses came flooding in, um, literally. And within just a few months, we held the first uh, Crown Council annual event in, uh, in South Texas. So 
that was it, it was really all of this was was in response to what the dentists that we had taught what they told us they wanted and we continue you know to this day we continue teaching that philosophy teaching case acceptance uh, initially at total patient service which is the uh, the continuation on the kind of the next generation of of the dental boot camp idea that we started years ago and the community in the crown council then helps all the practices and the dentists in it to stay focused on creating a culture of success ongoing in their practice very very no cool. wait 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 oh go ahead yeah i mean steve sells himself short here <laughs> i mean the, the the invitation to become a member of the crown council was uh, I'm, a, oh, I'm a marketing guy the greatest single campaign ever of direct mail <laughs> and we'd like to say it was the organization and the message but the response was when steve says overwhelming he is not wrong i mean uh it was a very simple invitation to come and gather with people that are like-minded and share the best of what you have and we even asked for money and um uh, it, it was heartwarming. And I have to say, so it's been 20, what, Steve, 20, what years, 25, 26 years. And some of those people are today our dearest friends today still after all of these years. So don't sell yourself short, Steve. It was, uh, you may be yeah, in a book someday for that. My recollection, it was a 27 page invitation. I think it was an 80% response. I mean, it was just, it was, a, it was overwhelming. It was a landslide. We're in a record book somewhere. What, um, I mean, from, from beginnings till now, what do you think has been the biggest, has there been something that has changed over time or, or what stayed the same with this group? How has how this group kind of morphed through the years and, and, and things that you've seen that have changed uh, from beginning and, until now. Well, to talk about that, the differences, or I guess the similarities, how has it stayed the same or, or changed? Greg, do you want to take that one? I, I would say that um, the, the, the culture, you know, we talk a lot about culture in the practice, but the culture of the Crown Council itself has not changed. We, we, we tell the world that the Crown Council is open to everyone, uh, but it may not be for everyone. And that is because inside the Crown Council, there is a, an extremely strong culture of giving the very best of what you have and sharing it with everybody and letting them take the best of what they have and use it, best of what you have and use it. And instead of one plus one equals two, it's, it's one plus one equals three. And we say that even if you had two Crown Council members who office next door to each other, that those two practices would be stronger together than two practices together that were not. And it is because of the abundance mentality that is inside the group that they want to make everybody successful. And uh, Steve, I, I don't believe that has changed over the years. I don't believe the principles that were initially taught have changed over the years. And that what, what, built, what, what is strong inside the Crown Council are not only the principles of the culture of success that we teach, but the culture of the group itself, the community. Uh, dentistry can be very lonely. And um, this is a place where you can come and find like-minded people who are willing to help you solve your biggest and deepest problems. The, the commitment is all centered around the most valuable asset that a practice has. 
the most valuable asset is the team because the team creates, the team is the culture and what patients buy and what they return, why they keep coming back and why they tell other people about the practice, what they talk about is the culture. They don't use that word, that's our word, uh, but that's what they talk about. Unfortunately, patients are not a good judge of clinical quality of care. We wish they were, but they're not. And so what they talk about is how they feel, what the kind of culture is, and that is a a practice's most powerful competitive advantage is the culture that is there. It can't be duplicated. It is unique to every practice. The practice down the street can't copy it, right? It is the most unique and most powerful. And so uh, what has never changed in, in the Crown Council is the commitment to ongoing create and maintain a culture of success as the most dominating and important factor in the positioning and the success of the practice. I love that. And, and Steve, as a follow-up to that, uh, without getting too specific, what, what kind of doctor and team is attracted to the Crown? I mean, who belong, who is the Crown Council? Instead of what is, who is? Yeah, good question. So um, there, there are a number of different characteristics. Uh, one, we make a couple of assumptions going in uh, that, that everybody who comes in as a foundational principle, they have a, a personal dedication and ethic around clinical quality of care, right? That's a personal decision. That's an assumption we make. We vet uh, those that apply to make sure they, you know, at least there's some indication that there is a commitment and a track record to clinical, a standard of clinical quality of care. That's the foundation. Uh, then uh, the, the commitment is, and the assumption is that if you're part of the group, that you're committed to giving the best of what you have and sharing wisdom, right? So that's a big part of our culture is sharing the best of what you have with others for the benefit of everybody involved. So giving, and then the other is taking, right? That everybody that's involved is going to come to the table and that what is presented, you're able to then take what fits your practice and use it to create and maintain your own culture of success. To say then that not everything fits everybody. You may not agree with what everybody says and you don't have to. This is like a buffet. If you're going down the buffet line, you don't have to take one of everything. You can choose based on your own personal preferences and what your goals are, you can choose what fits you the best. And so that is our culture. It is like a buffet. The commitment is you give something and then you take what fits you and you apply it. Uh, and you know, I would say there's very little uh, that goes on about you're right or you're wrong. It's everybody shares their experience. You are then responsible to glean from that experience what applies to you and go apply it to create your own culture of success. Very good, awesome. Uh, Greg, uh, will you expound on what Steve's talking about by how, how does a dentist or a dental team then interact with Crown Council? What, what do they do in here? What, when he talks about giving and taking, in what ways does that happen? Well, we have a lot of ways to share. I was, I was just thinking of a couple of things we have said over the years and a couple of experiences from just today. First of all, we have said over the years that, that we count ourselves as the, the Switzerland of dentistry. <laughs> that we take all, all of the things that there are in dentistry, and like Steve was saying, you you can pick what fits you, but 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 we don't uh, we don't take sides, uh, we we don't take sides in discipline, clinical discipline. Um, we allow everybody to come and and let everybody evaluate and talk. But um, one of the ways that we chose to communicate over the years was through an email network. 
and um, uh, someone will post uh, something that is an issue in their practice, a couple of them today, just, just recently. And uh, one of them was on implants and, and, a, and, and a type of implant. And you, you get responses, not just from everybody that's inside the Crown Council, but from guys who are then experts in implantology who offer their advice freely and 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 say and if you want to know more call me up and and explain the problem and i'd be i'd be happy to tell you more about what i know uh there are there are a lot of forums i mean we have mastermind groups a lot of them are um uh, groups of like-minded people you know practices of a certain size uh uh, uh, we have uh, a women's group of, of just women dentists. We have young dentists that are just starting out in practice. We have groups where we have mentors with younger dentists um, where they get to share those ideas and, and make themselves better. And um, I would say there is many ways to interact with the current uh, 1150 crown council members as you want to be involved with mm. more or less you want more involvement you want more more involvement there are more ways you want less there's a way to turn the switch off there's a um thanks greg the the one way that he's talking about that we could engage uh as as part of crown council i'll have steve explain which is a huge aspect of everything the Crown Council does is the interaction of Crown Council doctors with the Smiles for Life charity. So it's a, it's a big part of what this is. Steve, could you explain the vision and, and history and, and purpose of how Smiles for Life interacts with Crown Council? So one of the pillars of a culture of success is an attitude and a commitment to what we call do good. Uh, so just a little backstory, there's a, a phrase that's crept into our vernacular, uh, the phrase giving back, right, that a, an organization ought to give back. We take exception to that. We don't, we don't believe an organization ought to give back because it implies if you give something back, it implies that you took something that didn't belong to you. And so we choose to describe uh, charitable and other efforts is doing good. And that is a, is a pillar of a culture of success is doing good. And so early on in, in the life of the Crown Council, uh, in that spirit, Dr. Jeff Gray, who has, has been part of the Crown Council since day one, uh, and as part of his culture of success from the first day that uh, that he went into private practice, he's had a commitment to do good. And every year he would, uh, part of his doing good strategy was to give to charity and, and do different things to, to do good in the community. And he was the one who came up with the idea of setting aside, you know, some, some time during the year where uh, he would collect all of the fees from teeth whitening in his practice and donate it to charity. And we sat down and, and Jeff and I, Jeff came to us and he said, you know, I'm doing this in my practice. Uh, I wonder what would happen if we all got together and we all did this together. What if we had a nationwide effort and we all made the same commitment and then we find worthy charitable projects that where we could do some good together, all of us together. And so we, we thought it sounded like a good idea. Uh, we uh, went to originally to Discus Dental uh, back in the day uh, and asked them if they would be willing to sell us whitening kits at cost. Uh, for the campaign. Uh, they called back the same day, uh, Robert Heyman and Bill Dorfman, uh, two of the founders and operators of Discus Dental and said they, they couldn't sell it to us at cost, but they would give it to us. 
And so they made a commitment uh, that lasted for well over 15 years yeah, long time. of donating whitening kits so that Crown Council practices that chose to participate in Smiles for Life could raise even more money. Um, that tradition today is carried on by Ultradent, uh, who has, has taken on that spirit of, of giving as part of their DNA as an organization. And every year they donate at no cost whitening kits so that Smiles for Life, Crown Council Smiles for Life practices can then offer to, to whiten patients' teeth and the donation that they, they make that goes to Smiles for Life then uh, can be deployed for different projects around the country and around the world to do good. So that united effort has resulted in now uh, well over $45 million that has been raised and donated to children's and, and dental related charitable projects to do good. It's a key pillar of a culture of success. Very cool. And obviously it, it, you know, it continues on. Uh, all the Crown Council members who participate in Smiles for Life, it's a huge part of, of not only their culture, but also a huge part of their community. I mean, it's a, it has become a thing that uh, Crown Council doctors are known for. Um, one of my most favorite stories as part of the Crown Council are doctors that, that use Smiles for Life to then uh, propel their offices to go and do charitable work outside of the country. Uh, it's a huge aspect of what this membership is all about, uh, helping those beyond uh, you know, here in the, in the United States. Maybe Greg, you could share the story of how Crown Council got involved in humanitarian work and how Crown Council members participate in, in humanitarian, humanitarian work outside the country. Uh, sure. Um, we had, um, um, oh, I think it was about 2006, uh, Dr. Roy Hammond came to my office and said that he was uh, going to hang up his his uh, daily shingle and he was going to uh, go do um, some other things for about a year. And that when he returned, that he would like to gather the membership of the Crown Council and invite them to go and do um, humanitarian dentistry in third world countries. And he said, I don't know how it would work. I don't know how it would be organized. I don't know how it would be paid for but you have a year to figure it out. And um, so uh, about a month later, Steve and I were in New York and we were um, at a, a reception. And in the early days, uh, in fact, our, our relationship still exists. We had done uh, some things with the Garth Brooks Teammates for Kids Foundation and they were sponsoring uh, a reception and um, I, I can still see the hotel where we were standing. And we were having a very casual conversation with a man whose name was Dave Valley. And you know, when you meet somebody you don't know, you do the, hey, what do you do? Hey, what do you do? And, um, uh, and we should have known who he was because he was a very famous baseball player, played for Seattle and had been the voice of, of the Seattle baseball team for many years. And, uh, he said, well, let me tell you, he said, um, when I was uh, just starting out in baseball, they told me that the best place to get my skills honed was to go to the Dominican Republic and play winter ball. And my wife and I went down to play winter ball and I, I, I came out of my first game and all of these children came and gathered around us and I thought they wanted my autograph because I was such a great player. And he said that he found out that what they really wanted was just a little money so that they could eat. And uh, the kids took them behind the outfield wall, a cement wall of the stadium. And they had a, you know, their little cardboard houses behind there where, where they went back home. And he said that he vowed then with his wife that when he was in a financial position to do so, he would go back to the Dominican Republic and create 
a place where he could help take people out of poverty. And uh, some years later, he and his wife created uh, Esperanza International, which does just that. And so as he was telling Steve and I this story about, about what he was doing, we're fresh out of this conversation with Roy Hammond. And we said, well, do you ever need any dentists? And he told us about hiring this woman who is in charge of their dental initiative and uh, their, uh, they call them associates to whom they had made micro loans. So small loans so that they could start their own businesses. That part of what their commitment was to their associates was to provide them with dental care. He just didn't know how he was going to do it. Mm. And um, uh, the short version of the story is Roy Hammond came back. We put Esperanza together with the Crown Council. And since then, for almost 15 years now, we have been to the Dominican Republic uh, two and three and as many as four times a year, um, taking as many as 200 people a year on those humanitarian trips to help those people bring themselves out of poverty. And um, some of that is about teeth. Some of, some of that is, is about helping them and, and their teeth and getting them out of pain. But a lot of it is um, loving the people. And Roy Hammond did make me one promise he, he told me that if I would go one time, that it would change my life. And I, I you know, I, I, I didn't really, um, I didn't think too much about that until I went. And uh, I can tell you that uh, it has been a, a privilege and an honor for years to go and serve other people and provide them with, uh, with some love and, and maybe a little uh, help with their teeth. Yeah. Um, we like to take Steve along because he speaks Spanish. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think you've gone to the most trips of all the Crown Council uh, members, uh, Greg. I think you've done at least 11, 12 trips. So. I haven't missed very many years. Uh, it's um it's a it's a little bit like an addiction um uh and uh i've passed that along to a, a lot of the crown council members with that with that uh, same promise um passed it along to all of my children and some of my grandchildren uh, and you know when you come home and you drive up your driveway and you see your your two cars in your garage and you turn on the tap and drink your water and get into your nice soft bed. Um, we have a lot to be grateful for and uh, individually and as a group, we have a lot to give. Yeah. We do. We have, we have a lot of capacity to give. We do. And I think, um, one of the things Stu, just as a, a point of, of, of interest and differentiation is there's a lot of dental humanitarian work that goes on around the world, all good. Uh, there's a lot of what I call dental humanitarian tourism, which is, you know, go to an exotic place and do a little bit of dentistry and, and uh, you know, and help people, which is great. Um, at the outset, however, uh, we were very clear about what the objective was of our humanitarian efforts, it, it wasn't just to help people, that was important. It was to change a culture, to create a self-sufficient culture of success in the communities in the countries where we serve. And what that means is every time we go, we work side by side with local dentists. So it's not just the Americans coming in and doing things, it's we work side by side with local dentists in that country to instill that spirit of doing good uh, for their own people. And today that goal has been accomplished, especially in the Dominican Republic where uh, we have 
groups of Dominican dentists and hygienists and dental assistants that are now going out and doing their own humanitarian expeditions in their own country in the spirit of, of what we started together. So it all goes back to that same goal of creating a culture of success in everything that we do yeah. and, and that critical piece of, of doing good. Um, Steve is often, uh, as an innocent bystander of this company since the time I was a child, um, it's, it's been incredible to watch and kind of see how things have, have changed uh, throughout the years and, and what's grown and, and what's been different. But one, one thing that I've been able to watch and, and that has stayed the same is um, from the beginning, uh, Steve has always encouraged teams that every 90 days they need to find an opportunity to go together uh, to, to be a team together outside of the practice. And whether that is going on a humanitarian trip or, or participating in some sort of anything outside of the practice where the team culture is built, um, it's a message that you've often shared. And that humanitarian trip is, is one of those opportunities. But um, another opportunity that I want Steve to talk about is uh, he has been the, the face, the, he is the, the culture of a lot of what we do and what we teach. And many, if you're listening, were probably introduced to Crown Council through uh, being with Steve on a, on a weekend course or, or, or attending a speech where he was there. Steve, um, explain how uh, the Total Patient Service Institute and the Crown Council work together. How is that relationship um, part of, of what we do? Yeah, good question. So I kind of explained a little early on kind of the genesis of all of this. And um, we have continued on our, our training and all of the, the systems that we have taught for years to create the right kind of culture, the right kind of patient environment, uh, the right kind of case acceptance in a practice. So Total Patient Services is an education practice management company that is, is focused on, in many cases, re-engineering a practice and implementing initially the systems that will make it a much more uh, case acceptance friendly environment. And so uh, through Total Patient Service seminars and our entire practice advisor team that is deployed every day throughout the country implementing those systems, that, that's really where we get started with a lot of practices. And then moving forward, uh, all of the practices that, that come into that process then find a home in the Crown Council because that is, uh, we consider total patient service to be kind of like the restorative part of a, of a dental practice. It's where we go in and kind of restore the practice and get the right systems implemented. In. And the Crown Council is like the hygiene department. It's where you go on a regular basis to, to keep a healthy culture, to keep the right systems implemented, to be in the right kind of environment, network with other people that are on the same journey and, and to stay healthy uh, as a practice and a culture. So those two uh, organizations work hand in hand uh, to, again, to create the right kind of culture and maintain it uh, long-term. So that's our, that's our commitment. Uh, we work on that every day. Um, a lot of what we do in the Crown Council uh, has, uh, you know, that continuous thread. Uh, you know, one of the most popular programs we have in the Crown Council is the skill of the week. <laughs> and those are total patient service skills that are part of that whole process that you have to work to keep in the in the practice and keep them fresh and keep them in front of everybody's mind so that they they act on those every day. So uh, it all works hand in hand. Very cool. Um, it, I want to do like a, a not a case study, but a story I think will tell a really good um, next step on how this group works together and and what, what and who belong to Crown Council. And that happened this year in 2020, if you're listening to this uh, some other time, I don't know. Uh, but 
in March of 2020, uh, this group obviously went through the coronavirus pandemic and uh, the case study of what happened inside this group from resource partners to total patient service uh, uh, advisors to the doctors who belong to Crown Council. Um, what a, an incredible opportunity to watch, have a front row seat of what this has been, what's been built over the years. Greg, can you explain what you saw uh, on March, what, 16th when it began inside this group? And maybe that'll give a, a good idea of, of who and what the Crown Council is better. Well, fear, for one thing, I mean, most of the country on the 16th of March got shut down. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of political comment that could go about uh, the discussion about how dentistry could possibly be a place where an infection could happen. Because, you know, dentistry has been practicing infection control for years and years and years. But financially, it was shut down. Uh, for probably four to six weeks, some longer, um, and uh, and I would I would tell um, the response story as a success story on what Steve did is he was the one that thought it up. Starting in the very first week, um, he got everybody together and said, "What are you hearing? And what is the biggest problem?" that our dentists inside the Crown Council are facing today, not a week from now, not a month from now, not two months from now, but what is the problem today? I don't know how many webinars we did over 16 weeks. I, I know it was at least 16, but, but there was at least one a week where, and sometimes two a week, where we said, hey, the problem today is that, uh, what should we be preparing for when the doors open or this or that or the other and they were very very targeted things i mean uh, how do i take care of my money how do i talk to my bank how do i apply for a ppp loan where am i going to get personal protective equipment when when the bell rings um uh, some small things some very large conceptual things and that spirit went on for three or four months and actually still continues today, maybe on a less intensive scale. But uh, the interesting part to us is we know about how many people will come to a Crown Council webinar when we raise our hands and say, we're going to do a webinar, a webinar today on um, insurance codes for next year or whatever. And we would hold these webinars and we would have five and six times as many people as we would ordinarily have. Part of it was they needed the information and part of it was everybody was sitting at home worrying about what, what, what to do next. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, we say about Steve that he's the keeper of the culture. Well, uh, he brought to the organization the culture of solving uh, our members most pressing issues and um, uh, bless the lives of many, many, many people. How about um, you? Oh, so I don't know, Steve, what you'd say about yourself, <laughs> uh, what you saw from your side, but from my side, it was, it was yeah. really a great response. There's, you know, there, there, part of the Crown Council culture is that within every setback uh, there's the seed of an equal or greater opportunity, right? And so anytime there's a challenge, the, me the mentality of the Crown Council in general is, okay, where's the seed? Where's, where's the seed of, of something here that can become greater? And one of the biggest challenges was PPE, right? Is that uh, it was clear that there was gonna be a shortage of masks uh, and other PPE to be able to get back to work. And everybody was searching. And so we got together and said, okay, is there something we can do? Uh, where's the opportunity here to do some good and help 
everybody with one of their most challenging problems. And uh, fortunately, we had a member of our team, Joey Smith, that had some great connections uh, that we were able to tap into uh, that no individual member could have tapped into by themselves. Uh, but he had some great connections where we were able to get uh, you know, masks and other PPE in a big bulk basis, uh, got them shipped in and then repackaged them in smaller quantities for Crown Council offices. And our commitment to the group was if you need it, <clears throat> we'll do everything we can to find it, we'll source it, we'll send it back out to you in the quantities that you need, and we'll do it at cost. Whatever the cost is, uh, we'll bring it in, repackage it, and as long as you're, you can cover the cost, we'll keep it flowing. And that was our commitment to the group is solve the biggest problem so that everybody could get back to work and, and serve their patients. And so, uh, you know, not something we ever anticipated. I don't know how you plan for stuff like that, right? <laughs> but it was that that's the spirit of the organization uh, and not just at the operational level, you know, for all of us that, that work in the Crown Council every day, but that's the spirit of the entire organization and everybody in it. So as an example, uh, one of the, the members came to us, Dr. Chris Chafin, and he said, look, I found something from a PPE standpoint that I'd love to use in my practice. It was a fogger, a disinfectant fogger. Um, and he said, but uh, I can't, I don't need as many as you have to buy uh, to be able to get access to this. The manufacturer was in Korea, I believe. And, and so he came to us and he said, you know, will you guys help? And so we went out to the membership and said, hey, this is Chris's idea. Um, this is the opportunity. If there are some takers, we will facilitate, uh, bring them in, repackage them, send them out, and we'll do it at cost. Whatever it costs to bring them in, we'll, we'll turn it back around. Huge landslide response. And so we facilitated that whole process. So, um, it, you know, it's an amazing experience for us, obviously. And just, and, and there were a lot of long hours in repackaging and shipping and sourcing and, and all of those things. But that's the spirit of the organization is do good, find the opportunity uh, where you can make a difference, find the opportunity in adversity and come out with a big win. And as a result of that, we had dozens and dozens of, of Crown Council practices that came back and said, absent that effort, we would not have been able to go back to work when we did uh, because we just couldn't source this stuff on our own. Uh, so it was a win-win-win for everybody. A uh, huge win for patients, big win for Crown Council practices and, and a big win for, for everybody. I, uh, uh, I wanna springboard off that in conclusion, Steve. I want you to, to share, uh, Steve first, then Greg. If, if you are a Crown Council member now, or you're joining, or you're joining this community. Uh, how how do you interact here? What do you do? How, what advice do you give to a brand new doctor or even an old uh, doctor? Uh, what, how do you use this and the resources provided through Crown Council? What's the best way to 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 be part here? Number one is jump in with everything you got and take advantage of all the online resources that we have under the Crown Council umbrella to build and create a culture of success. So there's all kinds of resources from the skill of the week that I've mentioned to powerful team meetings. And Stu, you're the creator and producer of all this amazing stuff, but resources that you can use to build and, and maintain a culture of success. So immerse yourself in the online resources. Number two is interact. Uh, we have a, an ongoing conversation 24 hours a day, seven days a week on all kinds of topics, clinical, management, marketing, personnel, um, you name it. And the beautiful thing about it is, uh, going back to what I said earlier, the culture is bring the best of your experience, share it with the group, 
And then everyone gets the opportunity to partake in that buffet and take what applies to them. It's a very healthy, supportive, positive culture. Uh, no arguing, right? Everybody shares their experience and said, this has been my experience. This is what's worked for me. And, and other people share their experience. Uh, but it's a very healthy, personally supportive uh, culture of success um, online. So that would be number two is get involved in that, share your experience, take what is of value to you. And then number three, uh, I'm a huge believer in, in one of our core principles in the Crown Council, which is the whole mastermind concept, which is you know, two or more minds joined together in harmony with a common purpose will create far more than the sum of the parts. We've talked about that. that that's what the Crown Council embodies. And we do that on a, on a smaller basis in Crown Council mastermind groups of eight to 10 doctors that meet on a regular basis to share the best of what they're doing, advise each other and provide feedback uh, so that they can continue creating a, a culture of success. So those would be the top three. Uh, and then number four, I'd say is do good, you know, get involved in Smiles for Life, uh, you know, get engaged in these programs that we've created to, to do good in your practice, in your community and in the world. Nice. How about you, Greg? How do the best Crown Council members interact here? Uh, if I were going to say um, what I was thinking, I would have said exactly what Steve said. <laughs> but let me add one, one, just one small piece of perspective. Um, every year for 26 years, we have had an annual meeting. We, we call it an event because it isn't a conference. It isn't a convention. It's an experience. And, uh, and we have done that in January of every year because it's a great time to get motivated and, and go. And uh, every year at that meeting, we ask everybody who would like to come the following year to sign up at the meeting. And without, uh, without almost any exception, we have more people sign up to come the following year than were present at the current meeting. And, um, uh, and we, haven't, we haven't even thought of the program yet. And, and um, the observation is this, if you are a fly on the wall and, and you, you were standing against a wall and just watching the people who come into the room when we're checking them in for the annual event, it is, it is in itself uh, an experience to watch the relationships that have grown over the years between the members. Many of them come to that experience, surely for what, what we've prepared, what the event is going to be, but they also come to renew those friendships and experiences with the people that they are talking to all year long. And like Steve was saying about mastermind groups, see them face to face and, um, and counter to the COVID thing, hug them a little bit, you know, and, and, and put your arms around them and, and, and be able to, to feel each other and, and, uh, and renew friendships and, uh, and relationships. And, and I would say that as much as the, the information that is inside the Crown Council is critical to the culture of success, that what I see from the sidelines is that the community itself is the strength. And if I wanted to be a successful Crown Council member, I would immerse myself into the community. In, in as many points of engagement as I could find. Yeah, great. I would uh, I just wrap it up, Stu, um, you know, this way. We adopted early on uh, an icon, a mascot, if you will, in the Crown mm -hmm. Council, which is mm -hmm. the 
and it is a reminder of the, the age-old saying everybody's familiar with is birds of a feather flock together, right? And flocking causes birds to be of the feather. And, and one of the things that we talk about a lot is at the end of the day, there's two things that create and contribute most to the culture of success of, of the people that you choose to flock with. It's the things you learn and the people you choose to associate with. Mm. And the Crown Council embodies both of those is some of the finest professionals in the industry that have chosen to flock together to share the best of what they're doing for everyone's success so that everyone can fly higher and create a culture of success in their practice and do good and make a difference in their practice, in their community, and in the world. And that's our, that's our commitment. Awesome. And amen to that. Amen. <laughs> amen. You know, it's funny. Um, I was sitting here thinking about, uh, we've recently, you know, partnered with a friend who's helping us market the, the Crown Council a little bit. And we were working on the idea of explaining what is the Crown Council? What is the Crown Council? What is the Crown Council? And we went on for weeks until um, one day we were brainstorming with Steve and Greg and we decided on the question instead of what, it's who. Yep. And that explains better, I think, uh, what this organization is, is who is the Crown Council instead of what is the Crown Council? Although they do, they do go hand in hand, it does help us explain a little more um, how a person interacts and, and what they'll gain from being part of this group. So. My, my thanks to you two uh, for what I, what I believe is uh, uh, a system and a, and a company that's created because of who you are. Um, you know, we are the culture of what we are because of the men that you are. So very grateful. And I'm sure there are very, a lot of, everyone that belongs to this group should understand that, that it is because of you two of what this is. So I'm humbled and grateful to be able to work with you each day. So thank you. Thanks, Stu. Thank you, Greg. And uh, thanks for everybody for listening. And uh, come join us. Thanks. Thanks.